so good morning. But as we kick off this morning, um, I want to take just a second and thank you guys for coming back. Uh, for some of you guys, that was an act of deep courage, and I'm really grateful that you guys are here. Uh, I love you so much, and I'm so thankful that we have a church where men can gather and process difficult things and hard things and support each other. So thank, thanks for being here this morning. Um, my job is really brief. I want to take just a couple of minutes and set up a moment of prayer before we dive in to our sessions today. And uh, the idea of this prayer session is found in John chapter 18 and 21. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open up to John chapter 18. Before the betrayal and arrest of Jesus, as Jesus was talking about what was about to happen to him, Peter in pride boasts that he would never abandon the Lord. Even if everybody else leaves you, I'll never leave you. And then this happens. John 18, verse 17. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? And he said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers have made a charcoal fire. Circle that word charcoal. It's going to come back in a minute. Because it was cold. And they were standing and warming themselves. And Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. Skip down to verse 25. Now Simon Peter standing and warming himself... And they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it. And he said, I am not. And one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter again denied it at once. A rooster crowed. Luke tells us that in that moment, Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Peter's boasting and Peter's pride has now turned into Peter's deepest moment of shame and failure. Literally, Peter in this moment calls down curses on himself. Peter, in essence, is saying, if I know Jesus, may I be damned. And in this moment, he is absolutely crushed. He's crushed because the man he thought he was is not the man that he is. The ideal version of Peter as a leader of men, as a man of strength, as a rock, crumbles in this moment. And in this moment, the mirror of reality is held up to Peter, and in that moment, he sees that he is weak, and he's frail, and he's sinful. And in this moment, in this moment, shame starts to do its work. And in the midst of shame doing its work, Peter is driven back to his old life as a fisherman. He walks away from Jesus. He walks away from the disciples as a man defeated and broken who sees himself as disqualified for the mission of God. Now take your Bible and flip over to John chapter 21. Starting in verse four. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And he said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. 
So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not able, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. And when they got on land, they, they saw a, a what? A charcoal fire with fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went, ab- <clears throat> went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish. I want you to stop there for just a second. This is a crazy thing. Like, if you didn't know this story, what's about to happen? Because over a charcoal fire, Jesus was denied by Peter. And in that moment, Peter's dreams of being a leader and a follower of Jesus get crushed. In that moment, shame enters in and says, you'll never be loved by Jesus. You'll never be accepted by Jesus. You're not gonna be able to follow Jesus and all the dreams and all the hopes that you had for this man, Jesus, have fallen apart, not because of Jesus, but because of you. You can't keep up. And Jesus in this moment sets a charcoal fire. I want you to think about what Peter would have smelled in that moment. The smell of the charcoal would have brought to mind the moment of Peter's deepest failure and deepest betrayal. What's Jesus about to do? Is he about to use the charcoal as an inquisition to accuse Peter? To say, hey, Peter, do you remember when you boasted that you'd never leave me? You're a failure. Is he about to abandon Peter or mock Peter or judge Peter or call down angels from heaven to destroy Peter? Look what happens. Over a charcoal fire, which was the place of betrayal, Jesus is about to do a miracle. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. In this moment, we have Jesus doing three things to restore Peter. In the place of failure and shame and being crushed, Jesus meets Peter and over a charcoal fire, he first of all brings Peter his presence. Jesus comes back to Peter. And then he restores Peter's mission. He says, feed my lambs. 
And then he tells Peter that not only is he not disqualified from following Jesus, but he'll glorify Jesus by sharing in his suffering in being sacrificed as he follows Christ on mission. I've been following Jesus for over 30 years. And this morning I was reflecting on the numerous times that I've failed Jesus. The times I've denied him in word and deed. The times I felt his demands on me to be too great and I've walked away. And as I was reflecting on my failures and the shame that I've wrestled with throughout my life, I was reminded that both the testimony of scripture and the testimony of following Jesus for three decades is that again and again and again, he's come to me in my failure. He's met me in the darkest places of my life. When I couldn't hold my head up, he's brought me back to the charcoal fire and he's, br- he's brought his presence of love and grace and restoration and he's called me back to his mission and he's invited me to follow him to share in his sufferings. Last night as Kevin was preaching and as we were doing ministry time, I suspect that the enemy was working in the canvas of shame in a lot of guys in this room. The enemy loves to use shame. He loves to say that you're disqualified from the kingdom of God. That not only have you done bad things, but you're unworthy of love. The enemy loves to work in shame to isolate, to tell you that you're unique in your sin and in your failure. The enemy loves to say that if anybody in this room really knew the real you, they would walk away. They would reject you. And the enemy loves to even twist the character and nature of God by telling us if God really knew us, he would walk away and reject us. But listen, brothers, God also is at work in the midst of shame. And God's work in the midst of shame is to say, yes, you are naked, but I want to clothe you. Yeah, you're hungry, but I want to feed you. You're needy, but I have everything that you need. You're broken, but I'm your healer. You failed, but I'm the one that even can meet you in failure and work it for my glory and for your good. Today as we ate breakfast, we didn't have a charcoal fire. But here's what we did have in the midst of gathering in the name of Jesus. We had Christ among us. The testimony of scripture is that if two or more are gathered together in his name, he's there with them. So as we ate tacos this morning, Jesus was here in the midst of all of our failures and even in the midst of the shame that we brought into this room. And the work of Jesus in the midst of shame is not to reject, it's to clothe, it's to restore, it's to heal, and it's to invite you to follow him in the path of laying down your life and sacrificing for others. So what I know in this room is this. I know that there's places in your life and there's places in my life where we need to sit with Jesus over a charcoal fire. There's places that we need to open to him. And there's places that we need to open to our brothers. 
to receive healing and restoration, forgiveness and wholeness. My prayer for our church, my prayer for our men in particular, is not that we would be shameless men. To be shameless is to be a sociopath. My prayer is that we would be men when we encounter shame, that hear that shame is an invitation to come to Jesus and have breakfast. To see in the eyes of Jesus that he bore your shame so that you could be made whole. To see in the eyes of Jesus that no matter what's happened to you and no matter what you've done, he's not done working in your life. That he still calls you to follow him and he still calls you to share in his sufferings and he's still willing again and again and again to pursue us with his presence to make us whole. So here's what we're gonna do today. Before we worship together and hear God's word preached again, I wanna invite you to do some work. And I never wanna be the kind of pastor that gets behind you and shoves you trying to make you do anything. And I don't wanna be the kind of pastor that gets so far ahead of you that you can't keep up with where we're inviting you to go. I wanna be a good friend that puts my hands on your back and says, hey, we can do this together. Shame work is scary and vulnerability is scary, but it's also the place that we experience some of the deepest healing and wholeness in the presence of God. So let me give you some options. As we move into this moment of prayer, if you're unwilling or unable at this moment to open up your need to a brother in the room, you can just do it with Jesus. You can say, hey Jesus, here's a place in my life where I need your presence and I need your restoration." Here's a place where I need you to meet me, where I need you to feed me and heal me and make me whole. And if that's where you are today, if you're not ready in this moment to open up your need to a brother, hey man, no one in this room is gonna judge you. But there's another option. You can turn to another man in this room and with as much or as little detail as you're comfortable, you can say, hey, I brought shame into the room. I brought places where I feel disqualified from being known as a son of God. Places where I feel unworthy of love, places where I've failed, I've blown it, or places where my dreams for what I thought life would be have been destroyed. And what we're gonna do for each other in that moment is we're simply gonna pray. We're not gonna counsel in here. We're not gonna offer advice. We're not gonna give cheap life coaching. We're gonna put our hands on each other's shoulders knowing that Jesus is in the room through the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna pray two things. We're gonna pray presence, and we're gonna pray for renewed mission. Presence and renewed mission. How did, she, how did Peter overcome the depths of his despair and shame? In the presence of Jesus and receiving the mission of Jesus again, that he's not done with him. So here's what I wanna invite you to do. We're gonna take the next 10 minutes 10 minutes. And if you need to do this time of prayer alone, in silence, you can do that. No one's going to be mad. But if you're comfortable and you're willing, I want to encourage you to turn around to a brother or two. Turn around to a brother or two and with a couple of sentences, tell your brothers how you need to encounter Jesus in the place of failure. Places that you failed at home, places you failed morally, places that you failed in following Christ. 
And what your brothers are gonna do in that moment is simply lay hands on you and according to God's word, they're gonna pray that today you would encounter the love of God in Jesus, the restoration of Jesus. They're gonna remind you that Jesus is not finished with you, that he's still at work and he's still calling you to follow him. So I wanna pray for you and then invite you to do work in the room.